Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, I'm back here on the train on the way home out to Fort Wash. Like my second home now. But uh, I, I have a very cool thing to talk to you about because I've got Ross Marchand of the Young Voices. Uh, look him up, Young Voices. He is a, a contributor there. And uh, he'll tell you more about it as well in uh, in our interview but before we do that a couple of things firstly obviously some of you may have seen the whole eat the babies troll job by I guess the Lyndon LaRouche pack and amazingly enough there's a Swedish professor who really believes that eating babies will help save the climate I mean people this is how crazy our climate activists are and are becoming and have been. And we had Myron Ebel a while ago saying how debunked every idea and doomsday idea they've had. Now someone trolls AOC with someone in reality saying we should, uh, by quoting someone in reality, who says we should eat the babies. It's insane. It's insane what's going on. Second thing is, it's 10-4, and I tried to get you a funny 10-4 cut. I couldn't, but it just reminds me on a Friday like this how no one wants to have fun anymore. No one wants to be funny. It's all seriousness. It's you can't joke in the midst of all these proceedings. Well, I think you can, and I think you should still have a healthy humor about you even while we're seeing some dark days in Washington. So those are just a couple thoughts that popped up in my mind. By the way, Yanks... Doing well so far in game one of the ALDS. You can find my re my preview on Apple News through Fan Media Network. Of course, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alex G in NYC. That's Alex G in NYC. And and thanks again to Next Guy Up Podcast for having me on theirs. Just a couple nights ago, it was very cool to preview the whole League Division series as we saw it, and hopefully we can do it for each round, and I'll have them on to recap each round. We'll work on that and get you some insight from the next guy up podcast, and that's kind of fitting, considering the Yankees hashtag is next man up, with the the Yankee insignia right next to it. Next man up. That's how this team is. That's how the Twins are. That's why, as I said, two competing uh, manager of the year candidates across the field from each other, Rocco Badella in the Twins, Aaron Boone in the Yankees. But right now, it's a Friday. I want to give you a winning situation for Americans uh, as written by Ross Marchand. And Ross, thanks for joining me. And yeah, Trump battling the media, Trump battling Schiff. I mean, Schiff's doing his own problems, right? But how about the fact that there is a win for the Americans in that there's no longer a stamp tax. Now, 
uh, reading about this in the Washington Examiner, and a Young Voices contributor, Ross Marchand, wrote about this in the D.C. Examiner. There is no stamp tax now. Is that right, Ross? And thanks for having me on your show. A USPS Postal Service over time has raised, increased, and increased the price of stamps. And finally, a federal court said the other day, you know what? No, you cannot continue to do this. And and what's that mean for Americans? You said it's a big win. Why, why is it a big win for Americans? There's millions of Americans that rely on snail mail, just taking a letter, right, or, or sending in their utility bill or whatever, right? They are going to be spending less money to mail those letters. And, and that amounts, I mean, just if you're taking the total amount of money saved, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars for ordinary Americans. I, I chalk that up as a huge win. And especially on these postal issues, we do not see big wins that much. How prevalent is snail mail? I mean, we got email. We got a whole bunch of other ways to talk to each other. But it sounds to me that, you know, the USPS still serves us a purpose. And there are people still doing the whole mailing thing. Oh, yeah. Millions and millions of Americans still use snail mail. Now, the reason why it sort of gets bad press nowadays or sort of a gloomy or pessimistic press is it is sort of on its way out in that postal revenues from snail mail have dropped, and that's causing the Postal Service a lot of trouble. And that is what is pushing them in the first place and pressuring them to increase those prices. So that, I would argue, that is not the best way forward for the Postal Service despite all of its financial troubles. And it's true. And, and, you know, Trump's talked about the financial troubles of the USPS on his Twitter page. And people thought he was kind of crazy, but he really wasn't when he talked about that, was he? No, he got it absolutely right. I mean, obviously he has a lot of grievances, specifically, you know, when he's talking about Amazon and he's talking about Bezos and all that stuff. But he is absolutely 120% right that the Postal Service has had more than its fair share of financial problems. And if we don't do anything about those financial problems, that bleeds over to taxpayers and customers. And, of course, we are – all Americans are taxpayers. I want to get to the – you say grievance. I have a grievance with the way the Democrats are handling our tax dollars. But to just sum this up, so no stamp tax. And in a way, you know what I was thinking as you are talking about this? A lot of elderly people still use mail. I hate to stereotype. And, of course, everybody does. But we saw this weekend Antifa blocking, like, these elderly couple from crossing the street. And in a way, it seems like this tax was like that. They were blocking senior citizens from having their full amount because they had to pay taxes on snail mail. So it's it's a fair win for everybody. Oh, yeah. And the Postal Service, they raise their prices from forever stamps from 50 cents to 55 cents at the beginning of the year. Now, that's what we're talking about. So the price of the forever stamp goes down from 55 cents to 50 cents unless the Postal Service somehow wins on some sort of appeal. But that's a huge victory, particularly for older people, because in response to higher stamp prices, I could switch to email, you could switch to email, maybe most people could switch to email, but the older people, they can't do that. I mean, I look at my grandma. She doesn't have an email account set up. So what is she supposed to do? She just has to pay higher prices out of her fixed Social Security check. So it's a huge victory for people like that. And what was the federal judge's grounds for this? Just out of uh, you would it sounds like you've been studying this for a long time now at Young Voices. Sure. It seems like some sort of. Uh, lack of transparency versus egregiousness. Now, one of the judges noted in the opinion basically said, look, the American Revolution was started 
from less than this, basically um, through a stamp tax, right? And talk about like the Boston Tea Party and everything headed south from there. Um, so if that was grounded as too egregious, I don't even know how many years ago that was. Um, my, my brain is off today. I can't do math. But however many years ago, um, then this is certainly too egregious. And at the very least, the American people are owed a sense of transparency if their stamp prices are going to be raised. And you wrote about this in the Washington Examiner. Why? What? What is your heart? Um, why was your heart set on writing about this? I mean, there's so many other news things to talk about. Why is this news in your eyes? And uh, why is it worth covering? Because I feel like it certainly is. Any win for America under the circumstances we have today is worth covering. And I'm glad you did. I mean, look, it, this goes on two different levels, right? One is I'm a huge postal nerd. I am obsessed with these issues. I've been writing about USPS-related issues for a little bit over two years now. So there is that obsession. But what guys that obsession is that these are one um, of a few handful of sorts of taxes and prices and restrictions that Americans can't really escape from, and in particular, older Americans who don't have access to digital services um, or email or anything like that. Um, so Americans can't really escape from the Postal Service. And if they want to go their own way, um, they can't because the Postal Service jealously guards their monopoly on mail. Um, so you really, this is very unique in American society in that you have this sort of out-of-control federal agency that Americans can't really escape from. And, and it sounds like we're trying to rein that uh, agency, which we pay taxes for, uh, back in. And that's great. Now, let's also rein in, and I'm sure Young Voices, as Young Voices contributor, you're talking about this. Let's rein in the Democrats, can we? I know you're a conservative libertarian, so you might have some uh, somewhat on the libertarian side, maybe more liberal ideas. But overall, I think the Democrats are wasting our tax dollars on six committees investigating Trump on absolutely nothing. You see these impeachment talks, you see a bunch of investigations. Where I want the real investigations to be in is all this government waste. I mean, we have hundreds of billions of dollars a year um, in improper payments across the federal government. I mean, to me, that's a bigger scandal than anything they're talking about now. Let's redirect that focus a little bit to the things that actually matter, the things that people are actually complaining about. You know, when we send people to Washington, we say, what are you going to do about all this fraud and waste and hundreds of billions of dollars in improper payments? Um, and people want people across the country want their lawmakers to do something about that, not, you know, pursue dead leads and, and beat a dead horse and and all the garbage we've been seeing in the media. And I feel like that's what it is. In fact, you know, you see the media beating this dead horse every question. It's not healthy for the American psyche, is it? No, no, no. And it's a sense of priority. This is really what I go back to. It's all about priorities. And when people look at Washington, you know, they have a bunch of choice things to say about Washington. Definitely no shortage of um, curse words and, and uh, choicey phrases. But I would say that the number one criticism that I have encountered is lack of prioritization. And they can get their priorities back in order by looking at all that waste and overspending that is rampant um, across the federal government. And uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but the, the, the impeachment inquiries is that. And, and why do they deflect? Because it's them. I feel like they're deflecting from that waste by doing all this. Is it because it's them themselves? Is it the swamp themselves that have caused all this? They don't want to look back and say, we should fix ourselves. Well, it's hard to do the right thing. 
I think that's the number one sort of overriding concern. Now, lawmakers, they always want to bring home the bacon to their constituents. This used to be a lot more blatant when earmarks were out in the open a few years ago. Now there's a ban on earmarks um, in theory, but in practice, people are still, lawmakers are still bringing home the bacon to their constituents each and every year. So it's very, very difficult to go from that to saying, oh, we're cutting spending, we're doing the right thing, but um, this may not look as good for me in the short run. People, lawmakers, policymakers, they want to get reelected or they want to get reappointed if they are an unelected bureaucrat. Now, I got to ask, because I follow it too, every time you see the House approve a new spending bill, you and I probably cringe just about as much as any other American following this. Yeah, trillion-dollar deficits are here to stay, unfortunately. And you look across the board, right, and both parties have proposed very egregious spending items, and they really need to get together and say, what can we cut? And the thing that gives me so much agita is it's not for a lack of ideas that they're not pursuing spending reform. There are so many great reports out there. Um, One fantastic report produced, I think, every year by the Heritage Foundation details hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars of actionable recommendations to cut the spending and to start the federal government on the path to reform. Uh, But no one listens. And why don't you think they listen? Just just because they're in their own world? I mean, look, it's very hard to do the right thing, and the right thing is a difficult thing, and it may mean that they're not reelected. It may mean they're not bringing home the bacon to constituents. It is tough, but it is necessary work. Hey, you write for the Young Voices, and I'm talking with Ross Marchand. What's on your plate? What's on your platter to write about uh, in the near future? Uh, Every week is something different. I'm working... Right now, probably most closely on FDA reform and really just highlighting the different ways that the FDA, through all the regulations, for example, holding up drug approval, um, holding up reduced risk, um, like vaping and ICOS products, how they are increasing pain and suffering for millions of patients and ways that they could reform and streamline their regulatory processes um, to help improve the lives of millions of patients. And, you know, the media doesn't want to cover that either because even Pelosi, to her credit, was like, anybody want to talk about health insurance? Anybody want to talk about USMCA? And they're all like, no, what about this impeachment? So nobody, nobody's mindset is on what's really impacting Americans. And I'm glad, Ross, you're there to do that, to put people's track back in the whole, hey, we're Americans, not in my backyard kind of topics here. We need to focus on everything. We need to focus on FDA reform. We need to focus on postal reform. And I think top of the line spending reforms. And if we could enact even um, three or four, let's say, significant reforms, we'll save taxpayers a lot of money and we'll also ensure increased choices for customers. And so that's a win-win situation and a much better alternative than a million different investigations that go nowhere. Well, I'm hoping those investigations end one way or another and that we can really focus back on. But again, Ross, thanks for joining Keeping It Real today and uh, have a great rest of the weekend. And uh, we'll see what happens over the weekend. You never know. It's like a different day in Washington every day. Thanks. Great to be on your show. All right. Thanks so much. Ross Marchand, Young Voices contributor. We'll definitely have you back. All right. Thank you so much. I'm Alexander Garrett. Keep it real this Friday afternoon. Well, actually, Friday night, but nonetheless, thanks, Ross, for joining us. And one more story to end on tonight. Society has come 
down to needing the help of a certain group that, quite frankly, tends to be looked down upon. A group of nudists had a 55-year-old fire truck, which they used to help firefighters contain the multi-acre brush fire this Wednesday in Tennessee, according to WSMV-TV. A fire started in Rutherford County at 1.15 p.m. Wednesday. On her home from work, nudist park resident of Rockhaven Lodge, Susan Palmer, says she saw the smoke, called 9-11, got her neighbors involved, and, hey, got the fire under control in Merle Freesboro, Tennessee. So, what the lesson is there is that, A, don't judge a book by its cover, no matter how bare he or she is. And, in this crazy world, even nudist colonies can pitch in. Quite a story, don't you think? I'm Alexander Garrett. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. And I'll pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. Time to start the bird seed. Watch out for the seagulls. Oh, my head. Are you okay? United Healthcare helps connect you to care whenever you need it. Like video chatting with a doctor right from your phone. So I don't need stitches? No, nope. just put some antibiotic cream on it. Great. Thank you, doctor. United Healthcare. Health plan benefits may vary.